Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She chooses ambition and is proud of it, but strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony. An alpha female puts herself first, sticks to her priorities, but nurtures relationships with all the people in her life. So let's get started. I've alluded to in the past how I use essential oils in my life to uplevel my health. They're just basically a tool in my healthcare tool belt. If you're confused about how to use essential oils and you have no idea how to incorporate them in your life, I want to provide you with my top 10 ways to use essential oils cheat sheet. So head on over to bit.ly forward slash oil cheat sheet. That's bit.ly forward slash oil cheat sheet. O-I-L-C-H-E-A-T-S-H-E-E-T to get your free copy now. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, episode 85. All links and show notes can be found at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we're talking to Kelly Track. Kelly teaches people how to heal themselves. So after struggling with chronic illness, pain, and inflammation for over a decade, she solved her own problems. With 10,000 plus hours of conducting trial and error experiments on herself, she uncovered a simple, non-invasive methodology to healing her autoimmune condition, IBS, and leaky gut. Now she lives a functional rad life. So she works as a wellness advocate, coach, and eternal optimist over at kellytrack.com, where she helps people rock their best life by building a mindset conducive to healing, living toxin-free, and nourishing with delish plant-based foods. She lives in Vancouver, Canada, and has a miniature black dachshund, and has a shit ton of organic kale in her life. So welcome to the show, Kelly. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. So when you first read the definition of what I think an alpha female is, and I think I actually sent you a, an old version. So in the past like few episodes, um, we've actually taken out, um, she puts herself first so she can be more for all the people around her. Cause I had a guest come on the show and said like, she just puts herself first to put herself first. Like, can we change that? And I was like, sure. So the, the definition is ever evolving, but what, um, what do you think of it and how do you identify as an alpha female? I loved your definition. I thought it was beautiful. Um, I I remember the when I first read it, I was like, "Oh man, what am I going to add to that?" <laughs> um, I thought it was so beautiful and so succinct and so uh, poetic and perfect. Um, but yeah, I'm really, I'm honestly really honored that you think that I'm an alpha female. That's super kind. Um, I think for me, a lot of it comes in um, in terms of like living out my values and being my highest self by staying kind of true to course and staying true to, um, what really rings clear for me. And for me, those are just like my values, which I have been digging deep into those a lot. And I, you know, try to dig into them every single year cause they change. Um, what are they right now? One of them is possibility, which means like just, dreaming big and like asking myself, Oh, like what if, um, another one is in being intentional. So being intentional with what I do, who I spend time with, um, 
what I buy, where I shop, like what I'm supporting with my dollar. Um, another, and another, I have like six key ones, but another big third one is, uh, having the courage to be the best, which means it was, it's actually something I heard from Kate Grace, who's a Olympian runner on Nicole Antoinette's podcast. I don't know if you listen to real talk radio, but no, I haven't yet. Um, Kate Grace talks about part of wanting to be an Olympic athlete is just having the courage to be the best and wanting to take that, that gold level spot. And, um, that's something I try to live through my values as well. It's like having that gumption inside of me to, to just go for it. Mm, I love that. Um, I love with possibility too, that are you in a place where you, um, say yes to a lot of things or are you also in a place of intention where you are actually saying, saying no to a lot of things? Like I find that kind of dichotomy fascinating. Oh yeah, I know. Right. Um, man, I'd say like a, a bit of both. I, I, I act I actually actively say, uh, no to a lot of stuff. Um, and like, not just work stuff. I'd say honestly, mostly life stuff, you know, um, I think possibility is more about, yeah, it's like me. It's like definitely an internal thing. Gotcha. Um, like it's a dreaming side of you. Yeah. It's a, it's a dreaming, brainstorming, thinking. Yeah. Me in the journal and like the notepad and like drawing, drawing, brainstorm pictures and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So the podcast is all about work-life harmony and seeing how other amazing alpha females live and structure their life. So share with us, what does your work-life harmony look like right now? Work-life harmony looks right now pretty good. Um, I have been working pretty hard to figure out how I work best and then use that to sort of structure my day. Um, I, I really like the idea of getting into alignment before I take action. So I always want to be doing work when I'm feeling like in alignment with myself and like my highest self and like all the good vibes, because it's like, um, if I'm, if I'm pushing too hard in sort of a negative space, I can't get anything done. So I try to do what I can to get into like my good vibrations, if that makes any sense. And then from there, take more like inspired action and the work just flows so much easier. I almost broke in, into song on good vibrations, but I think I understand, <laughs> think I understand what you mean. So um, are you very intuitive in terms of like knowing when you work best throughout a day and structuring your day? Like these are my work hours. This is when I, you know, take on healthy habits or fitness or seeing friends. Like, are you very kind of a time blocker or do you actually let your days flow? I, I have like a rough structure. I don't, I, I've tried to, you know, block it all off in a agenda, but, um, I kind of just let it flow. I mean, mornings are my work time. Those are my golden hours, like between nine and noon. Um, and that's when I can get my best work done. And then I know around like two, I'm going to take, I'm going to need like a, a break cause I'm going to hit a slump. And then I can kind of get like a tiny second win from like two to four. And then around like five o'clock, I'll, I'll, that's like my workout time. And then after workout, it's, I know I can get like a little bit more work in, um, and a dinner and yeah, I just kind of try to follow that flow 
flow daily. Mm, I love that. Okay. So, um, as you're building, um, a life that you love right now, um, kind of share with us, maybe go back in, in history, but share with us a time when it wasn't about work-life harmony and it may have been about like work-life balance and you felt like things were out of whack. And did you ever have an aha moment that made you stop in your tracks and be like, okay, I need to take better care of myself. Yeah, totally. You know, I was thinking about that question and I, ah, man, I, I actually felt really embarrassed because it was like, oh crap. Like I had really never slowed down for most of my life. Um, I was one of those really, um, I was one of those high achievers from like an early age. Um, like I really pushed all throughout high school and then, you know, I went to a business school, like you know, full scholarship, like Dean's List, like all involved, like, you know, doing the full out business school thing. Um, and then after business school, I tried to, I moved down to San Francisco. I, I live in Canada in, in Vancouver. Um, and I moved down to San Francisco for, um, the year after graduation to work on my tech startups, which all ended up failing. And, uh, they all, it was just, so many years of just pushing too hard and where burnout was just sort of normal. Um, and then I kind of had like an awakening. I kind of had, well, two kind of major awakenings. One of them was when I went to study abroad in the middle of university in Paris and the grade system is just pass fail. So I had no, I had like no incentive to try. So it was kind of just like, okay, here I am, uh, in Europe for the first time. I'm, I might as well like, you know, go explore or like go do something or like hang out in a cafe. And then by doing that and spending days, honestly, on end, kind of just by myself alone, I realized that like, I didn't even know who I was or like what the hell I was doing or like, I didn't, I remember that looking at the sky once and thinking, oh my God, I can't remember the last time I watched the clouds move in the sky. Um, and it was just one of those like smack, like forehead smacking moments. Where you're like, oh man, something needs to change. I feel you. I did not know that you um, had started three st- three startups, let alone one. Um, and um, I find it also fascinating that um, the more and more people I talk to um, with autoimmune conditions being um, in the same community myself, like the theme over and over again is that we're all reformed overachievers or like learning how, um, to like let that side of our personalities go and let like achievement, um, uh, and success not be like our value. Cause I've always identified achievement and successes as like my self-worth. And I, I believe that's one of the reasons why I have an autoimmune condition. So I find it fascinating to like dig into people's history a little bit. Um, but when did your autoimmune condition start showing up in your life? Yeah, they started showing up in high school. Okay. Um, I, I started getting really sick when I started to get really stressed. Um, and you know, I, it's crazy. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny that you say that and make that connection because it's true. And like a lot of my friends with autoimmune conditions are also like performance driven. Yeah. Type, type a, 
um, like regret, like pushing to the point of like, oh, like, you know, I feel a little bit off today, off today. Like I'm going to go, I'm going to go to work anyways. Like, as ah, it's, it's all good. I'll have like two coffees this morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, uh, the year after I was diagnosed with MS, I decided to do 20, uh, road and obstacle course races. Cause I was stronger than MS. Like I wasn't going to let it slow me down. How did that serve me? I got adrenal fatigue at the end of the year, but like, it's the same thing. Like the, the reason that, um, I am on the autoimmune spectrum is like, one of the reasons why I'm in remission and taking care of myself, but it's also, um, a reason that like I constantly still struggle with. (laughs) So it's like, I'm like an overachiever in terms of taking care of myself, but I'm still an overachiever in terms of like, still like pushing the body a little bit too much just because I think I can and I'm stronger than my Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Do I resonate with that times like a million? (laughs) So I think this is a perfect time to get into like, um, what you're most passionate about. Cause I know we're, we're aligned a lot. So share with share with the listeners what you love in this world. Oh man, there's, there's so many things I love. Um, I just like listing off the things I love. I, I really enjoy like really a really good, delicious meal. Um, I am, I'm allergic to a lot of things and I have a lot of dietary preferences. Um, but when I find something that I can eat that I like, I, uh, it's just like next level for me. I think food is kind of like my ultimate pleasure and one of my favorite things out there. Uh, I'm really big. I just love connecting with people. Connection is another one of my core values. And, um, I just feel so lit up when I can sit down and have a conversation with like another rad human like you and just like have that intimate space. Like to me, to me, that makes me feel really full. Um, and like, like my cup is full. Um, and I love, I, I love dancing on the spin bike. I could talk about it for hours, like doing the little dance moves, um, in like a dark spin room is like, it's one of my ultimate, like euphoric experiences. Um, it's one of the things I am most passionate about is like, I'm not, I'm not super great with music as I've learned recently. Like I have a hard time hitting the beat, but I try so hard to hit the beat with my feet at the time. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever get it right. Like some of, sometimes you have to move your legs way too fast, but, um, I try my best. <laughs> so is the dancing on the spin bike in the dark, is that a soul cycle thing? Cause I have yet to try soul cycle. Yeah, it's a soul cycle thing. There's, um, we're getting Soul Cycle in Vancouver like this summer, but um, there's a studio here that I really love called Ride Cycle Club, and it's yeah, it's kind of like it's like a Soul Cycle thing, you know, lights off, dancing, really loud, like amazing music. It's like a nightclub meets spin. That's awesome. Cool. Any other passions you want to share? Yeah, I'm really big into the mindset stuff, like how your mindset shapes your reality. I think that's the most fascinating thing. Oh, I was just gonna say like. Um, even to this day, like it's something where it's like you tackle like meditation for a few, um, you know, months and you think you have it like down pat and then something else shows up in your life and you're like, Oh, I I don't have this figured out at all. Or, you know, you read a different self-development book on mindfulness or whatnot. And you're like, Oh, I didn't even see it that way. Like what I love about, 
mindset, mindfulness, all of that is that um, you're never going to have it figured out because it's always going to be involving based on where you're at in your journey or part of life that you're experiencing. So I love, I love that about it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I feel like every time I crack open like a new, new piece of work or like a new text, I'm like, oh man, I, I thought I knew so much. And then it's like, oh geez, I know like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I love that. Anything that has to do with mindset. Um, if there's something about a mindset in the title of a book, like I'm Kelly Trek's going to guarantee you buy it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but in it's funny because that's part of the definition. Um, and I haven't talked about it in a while on the show, but one of the definitions is that alpha females never want to be complacent. Like we always want to be improving, striving for improvements. Um, and what I, what I love is that there's a lot of teachers in the world right now who are like, don't make it an obsession, like Danielle Laporte with white hot truth. Um, like it, it's all about the intention. Like, why are you striving for better? Why are you striving, um, for self-development? Like what's the intention behind it? It's not about fixing ourselves, but it's like, no, it's just, we're constantly striving for, learning and education and wisdom. Um, so that's where, that's where I fall in love with the self-development, um, world. Yeah, I totally, I agree with you on that for sure. Okay. So let's get into how do you nourish yourself? Um, I know, I know your, I think your book is, um, that's out recently is based a lot on how you healed yourself from a food standpoint. So I'd love to kind of get into that. I physically nourish my body with um, anti-inflammatory food. So I eat a plant-based diet. Um, I also eat gluten-free. There's a couple of other things I don't eat as well because I'm allergic. Um, but I, yeah, at the core, I like to eat, I, I guess the way people would say is super clean. Um, but that's just mm-hmm. <laughs> time after time. It's just what has worked really well for me. And it's what I feel the best on. Um, I guess also like, I mean, nourishment and nourishing my body also kind of comes in a mental slash spiritual form as well. Whereas like my, my yoga practice and my time with myself alone is really nourishing to me as well, which is like the other piece that I really need that like time of my day where it's just either me, me in like a class doing my thing or like, honestly, me, me in the sauna just reflecting and thinking and having my legs up the wall and having like a, a breather and just, yeah. I love when I get alpha females on the show that like the nourishment question isn't actually always all about food. And I love that lens. Like I love being able to give that perspective to listeners and myself every time as a reminder that like our nourishment is not always based on what we eat. It's a big part of how we fuel our bodies, but it's all these other things from, um, whether you call it a self-care or self-love practice, it's all of these things that we do for ourselves that, um, make sure that we're, you know, um, not, I, I liked using the word fueled, but like fueled to a fact that we're performing at our best and we're feeling, um, our highest self as well. Um, and the other thing I want to quickly go back, cause I thought it was so key is that you said I have food preferences. And as someone that has very, um, 
key, like key food preferences. I've never used that word. And I struggle sometimes with, you know, going out in public or going to events where, you know, I'm, I'm at like a three day event and my food's taken care of. And, you know, I'm asked for my meal restrictions and the word restrictions always makes it seem, um, like it's so strict. Um, And I find myself using those words too, to just try to explain it to people that like, I have a strict meal plan so that they don't try to, um, sneak things in that I know my body cannot take. So when I'm like giving them, I'm like, I don't eat gluten. I don't eat dairy. I don't eat nightshade vegetables. I actually eat minimal, um, like grains that are not like they're not, they're not good. Like they're gluten-free, but I still can't eat them. Like trying to explain, um, try to explain that or try to explain that I eat an autoimmune paleo, um, meal plan, um, and that I need clean meat sources. Like it's so complicated sometimes. So I really love that you've put that word preferences on. Is that, um, deliberate? Yeah. I, uh, part of me, like what's one of my, like the things, the tools I use for myself in terms of mindset is like, I always try to word things in the affirmative. Um, cause I affirmative always works better, uh, in terms of just outlook and mental outlook. Um, I also, it also comes down to like, another thing is like, I try to limit the word, like I, like I can't versus like, I, I won't. So like, I mean, it's not like I, can't, if I said like, I can't eat soy, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm allergic to soy and it, I'm not going to have like a full blown like EpiPen reaction, but it's more that like, I, I won't eat soy. So there's, there's sort of like a distinction there for me. Um, and I feel like re- restriction, I don't like the word restriction so much. Um, but it's like a preference, like not eating soy is a preference to me. Um, not even like, you know, not eating meat. It's like, a, it's a preference. It's not that I can't eat meat. It's not that I'm like allergic. It's not that like, you know, I don't care if other people eat meat or like whatever, but it's like, it's, it's that I'm choosing something else. It's kind of like an Im- invitation to do something else. That's how I view it. Yeah. I think for me, when it's, um, going out to a restaurant, um, and they always ask you, um, is it an allergy or a preference? And it's like, do you want me to get into why it's a preference? When it always gets complicated because it's like, well, it's technically not an allergy, but would you like to see the effects of all the inflammation on my body eating away the myelin sheaf around my central nervous system? Like that's not a conversation that you can have in a restaurant. So it's always like, yes, yes, it's an allergy. Um, but like, I wish I could get into those conversations with more people. Um, and I wish that meal preferences were honored as, as serious as an allergy, because we have figured out how to nourish our bodies in a way that sets us up, um, for, for top health. Totally. And like, you know, I'm with like, I mean, with my like more enlightened friends and like you and like my conversation with like the enlightened Robin, um, like you and I understand preferences, but like in a restaurant, I will be like, I have severe allergies. I am anaphylactic. Like I cannot eat like gluten, corn, soy, oats, like dairy. Um, this is like my really strict things. And I'll just like in a restaurant situation, I just like, I already know that the waiter is going to be like, okay, this girl is like next level. But, um, it's, I mean, it's something I have to do to sort of, it's like a, 
with certain people, like I, I don't try to explain. I'll just tell that how they need to hear it. If that makes sense. So like true. a waiter. Yeah. I'm totally going to just listening to you list off the things I've, I've kind of alluded to it on the show that it's kind of frustrating. Um, but I haven't thought about it and I just had a, like a little idea pop into my head as you were talking, I'm actually going to make like really cool business cards. Um, and hand them out to waiters or events with like contact information. Like if you would like to discuss this afterwards, but here are all the things I can, <laughs> I won't eat because <laughs> providing the list sometimes is ridiculous. And you sit there and they, uh, and they start and I'm like, do you have a pen and paper? Like seriously, grab, grab your pen and paper, like pull it out. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm going to oh, hand man. out business cards. That's so smart. You know, I, uh, when I was living um, on exchange, I had these, I wrote out in Google Translate all the things I was allergic to, and then I just put it into the other language, and I'd print them, and I would just give it to the waiter, and it was like the easiest thing. I was like, what? They don't ask me any questions? Like, there's no follow-up questions? Like, what? (laughs) So that's a great idea. Yeah, it's happening. Um, I'm going to go into Canva next and design something really pretty. Okay. Um, okay. Share with our listeners. What's your weekly fitness routine like? Um, this week I have done zero cause I've been under the weather. Um, <laughs> yeah. What does it usually yeah, look like? Usually <laughs> I, I, I really do try to go uh, to a class six days a week. Um, and then once a week I'll just do my own, do my own practice. Like if there's some free space in the yoga studio, I'll go up there and just do my own yoga. Um, or I just take like extra time in the shower and like blow dry my hair and like use their towels at the gym and just kind of pamper myself for an hour. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do try, I do try to go every single day to the gym. Okay. So is it a mixture of like fitness classes, spin classes and yoga? What are the classes that you're taking? Yeah. Yeah. So I, this year I went for it and I bought a membership at Equinox, which I was really on the fence about because I know it's expensive. Um, but I, I love it. It's a mix of like TRX, like ropes and rowers. Um, I do, yeah, bar, hot yoga, uh, strength training. There's a, my favorite class is the, it's called best butt ever, best abs ever. And it's, um, an hour of like button ab moves to really fun music. And it's like half dance, half workout. And yeah, it, it's, it's great. It's, it's just like anything that involves like sweating and good music. I'm pretty much down for. That's awesome. Okay. What are your daily habits for winding down at night and reducing any stress that may have built up during the day? Yeah. I think that's such a great question because everybody is obsessed with like morning routine. Morning routine. And like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, evening routine is so important. And I find that evening routine is way harder because it's kind of like when I have zero willpower and it's like, oh man, like I used to just go on my, go to bed and like look at Instagram for an hour. Cause it's like, oh, I've used up all my willpower and like mental choice decisions for the day. So I'm just going to not take any action and like scroll for here in an hour. Um, but now I really do try to like turn off the phone and plug it into the wall and like turn on airplane mode and leave it somewhere where I can't touch it. Um, also not having, I actually, I stopped setting alarm for myself in the morning, which is a tip I got from one of, um, one of my former bosses. And it's been great because I used to think like, 
oh, I need to have my phone beside me because I need it as an alarm clock. And when I like eliminated it as my quote unquote alarm clock, I could actually, I could actually physically move it away from my body. So true. So that was kind of like the piece, the missing piece of getting rid of the phone at night for me. Yes. But do you still have an alarm to wake no, up? Or I you just wake up are, um, you're able to structure your Yeah, I just day. wake up on my own. Um, I value my sleep. So sometimes I wake up at seven, sometimes I wake up at nine and it's kind of whatever, whatever happens, happens. Gotcha. Every woman that is every woman or man that is still working in a corporate job is like, I hate you. <laughs> I know. No, I, I love the fact that, um, there's so many entrepreneurs that are able to structure their, their days this way. Um, and even from a corporate standpoint, um, and like my internal alarm clock is usually turning, turning on or like early in the morning, but that's because I've like promised myself to go to bed earlier so that I'm getting the quality of sleep in. So if I actually decided to turn off the alarm clock completely, I probably could. Cause I always find myself, um, awake before it actually goes off. But then there's those couple of days where like, I just couldn't rely on that. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. And I, I, I feel like I know for me and like my autoimmune conditions, like sleep is so important. If I don't get enough sleep during the week, I know that I'm on track for like getting, getting sick. Um, or like and coming down with something. Um, I don't know if you feel the same where it's like sleep is almost like that gateway drug where it's like, if I don't, it's like, it really makes it or breaks it for me. Yeah. We, um, are, um, we have two dogs and they were sick on the weekend and they were up in the middle of the night a couple of times. And my boyfriend and I were taking turns. Um, and the next day we were just wrecked. We're like, damn that eight hours of sleep. Um, so like when we decide to have children in the future, I have no idea how I'm going to do it because my body needs that uninterrupted eight hours of sleep to stay healthy. Um, so I always joke on the podcast that I'm going to hire a night nanny. <laughs> but, hey, um, you should. But it's, I mean, it's one of I those would, things. I too. Yeah, like I also worry that um, that just like uh, it used to be a badge of honor. Now sleep is becoming such a better conversation, but it used to be a badge of honor. Like I can function on four hours. I can function on three. Now it's like, yeah, but you shouldn't. Um, so now, now everyone's starting to really talk. And I know, um, Ariana Huffington is a really big reason for, for that. So I'm, I'm loving that it's become a mainstream topic, but it's true. Like how, how do you do it when you become a mom? Like, how do you say like those, you know, those first few years, you're just going to lose sleep. But I, like, I wish that wasn't, I wish that wasn't like the reality, but I don't know how to solve that problem for new moms. I have no idea. Yeah. I, I'm not, yeah. I've also like, I've also wondered about that too. Like seeing a couple of my friends are, are like new moms and I just, I mean, maybe something biologically kicks in. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't know where it's kind of new mom mode and like you become super human in, in a certain way and can just do it. But, um, for right now, I, I can't. <laughs> okay. I always ask my alpha females, what's a pain point that you're problem solving for in your life right now? Yeah, this is a really good question. Okay. So I, I have always considered myself masculine and more masculine than feminine. And the words like surrender and soften and feminine have always been really big uh, question marks for me in my life. Um, I'm trying really hard to lean into those things more and 
like lean into my feminine energy. Not that I even really can fully define what, what that means. I think a lot of it's like unlearning bad habits and like bad thought patterns that like, you know, I need to control everything and do it myself. And the only person who's going to fix it is like me. And I can't let other people do this because like, Oh, that's fine. I can, I got, I got a hundred percent of this. I do not need help. Um, kind of like letting all that go has been a really big area of opportunity, as we should say. That's so funny. So I was the episode that aired just before you. So it's not live, um, as we record this, but when it goes live, you'll have to listen. Um, and my listeners who are listening to this live now will be like, holy heck, synchronicity. So I, we were chatting about this on the last episode, and I'm seeing an energy worker right now that does emotional blueprint work and reflexology. And she like flat out looked at me at our first session and was like, you have a really strong like alpha warrior side, but like your feminine side is like, I don't know where I don't know where she is. And I was like, mm, that makes sense. Um, so I find it fascinating that you're on the show next because it's the same thing. Like there, another conversation that's becoming much more prevalent in the self-development world is like uh, masculine and feminine energy and being in your feminine energy and honoring it. And when mm, this energy worker that I'm working with looks at me and like asks me like, what is that? Like, what does feminine mean to you? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what surrendering and soft means. Like, I don't know. And, uh, and uh, she looks at me with such like, um, just like holding space for me to help me figure it out. But like, it's so frustrating for me because I'm like, I need you to define it for me, like define it for me and I'll follow it. And she's like, that's not how it works. I'm like, uh, um, so it's, um, it's fascinating that I developed an entire personal brand about alpha female and I've got the alpha side really down pat, but the female, the female part, um, is now coming up in conversations and in work that I'm doing. So I'm absolutely loving um, being in this space and the guests that keep showing up <laughs> that are along the same journey. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. It's, it's, it's a interesting dichotomy. Like I really resonate with the word alpha cause that's easy. Like that's like what comes, you know, like, Oh, alpha, like, okay, sure. But like female. And I feel, I mean, not to bring up like the whole, you know, debate about gender and, you know, but like as a woman, like, I was like, I, I mean, I self-identify as a woman and like not being able to define what woman slash female is kind of like weirds me out given that like, you know, I am a well-educated person and I have, I can do like all of the school exams, but I like cannot describe to you a really good definition of female. Yeah. Like male, female, I've got, I've got that. Like, you know, we go back to biology. I've got that whole whole thing down pat but masculine versus feminine is not taught to us from a conventional standpoint so we need to get this education from you know books or podcasts or tv or movies like it's society and what we expose ourselves to that is our learning sphere and i'm just starting to dive into it so it's funny because i'll get um 
messages. And I'm really hoping after these, like the last episode in your episode airs, I'm going to get more recommendations, like throw me the books, throw me the, the experts. Like I'm in that phase. Um, so I, and I, I also love that being an alpha female and like raising our hands to say like, I don't have this all figured out and being honest about that, because I think our world is so based on, you know, like fake it till you make it. And I'm just like, no, like raise your hand and say, I haven't got this figured out yet, but um, I'm excited to learn more and dive into it and just being okay with that. So um, I don't think it's necessary. I love that I asked the pain point question to find information out from my guests, but um, it's not it's not like a pain point if it's something we're excited to dive into and learn more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it's a, a great and like a beautiful question too. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's get into the last beautiful question because it is my favorite, but please tell us what is your definition of happiness? Yeah. I also, you have such great questions. I have to give you like all of the gold stars, the questions, because they're all so good. They're like Oprah level. Um, I get always, I always get like asked the most boring questions. Um, but I'm like, Robin, your questions rock. Um, I happiness like I mean I love I love like just like laying on a beach like any like tropical beaches oh, yeah, is happiness. like next yeah <laughs> yeah and like snuggling with my partner um is amazing like when he and I just have that one on one time to connect that that is pure happiness to me and um like dancing on the spin bike and like being totally in my own it's like body and totally present is just happiness. It's kind of, I mean, yeah, the best way I can describe it is just like pure, pure magic and like pure flowing freedom in the moment where you don't, you don't want to look at your phone and you don't really care what else is going on. You're just like, so totally embodied. Mm, I love that. And i just want to like add to the whole snuggling, like hugs, are just, like there's no goal but to like touch and hug like there it's it's just it's such um it's such presence like bringing you back into the present moment um and so many times where like you give a hug to someone and you're like even if you're thinking like what am I going to say to this person next or like we're saying goodbye like what's the next thing I have to do but you like hug someone and it just like brings you back into that moment with that person so um, totally I love that that's part of your definition Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for how you're showing up in the world, for helping others heal um, pain points in their life that have to do with health from auto com- uh, autoimmune conditions and gut health. So um, thank you for what you're doing in the world. And I appreciate your time today on the show. Oh, thank you. And I appreciate you having me here. This was fun. For the listeners of the Alpha Female Podcast, Audible is now offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you can check out their service. There's some amazing books like You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero or The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash alpha. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash alpha for your free audiobook. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice 
go do it now before changing to the next episode and just leave me a rating and review. It'll help other alpha females find this podcast and join in on the conversations. You can find more of me at robinbaldwin.com and join us next week for another inspiring chat. Have a spectacular day.